Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. Proverbs 3 begins with the challenge to trust. We don't easily trust what we can't see or don't know. When we know God and seek Him daily, that trust comes a bit easier. Life comes fast and we make claims like, I've got this or I'll do it myself. Imagine when our efforts come alongside God's call in our lives. When trust overcomes our self-righteous efforts, it may not seem easy, but God will lead us to light and His kingdom. This week's message of the week comes from Pastor Bryce Blank, who shares his journey of trust that led him to ministry and eventually Watertown, and challenges us to lean on God instead of ourselves. Here is the First Church Message of the Week. So last week... I got to share with you one of my favorite Bible verses from 1 Corinthians. And I've picked our scripture today for that same reason, that it's a favorite scripture of mine. It has been a reminder for me throughout my life, and I would like to share that with you today. So our scripture comes from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lead not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So when I was in Dallas, Texas, I got really into indoor rock climbing. And... I would go to places like you can see in the picture here, these giant gyms that are bigger than this space and just wall to wall, floor to ceiling of rock walls. It was a pretty crazy place to go. And there's all different types of climbing that you could do. And while I was there, I kind of got really into two different types of climbing. And the first is called bouldering which is kind of done on a little bit smaller wall. They're maybe only about two stories high, and they have these big pads all around them on the ground. And when you climb it, you don't hook into anything. You just go up to the wall, and you climb up it. And the idea is that it's a little bit shorter wall, so uh, if you fall, you're not really going to get hurt. Well, you're not supposed to, of course. I managed to do that several times. But... uh, and these routes are a little more technical, and so if you're a beginner climber, then you can kind of get used to climbing, get used to the feel of it, and learn different techniques without the, the more higher risk or the, the, maybe the fear of being up really high. And so the other type of climbing that I was really into is called top rope, and that's what you see in the picture here, where there's a, literally a rope attached to the top, and it goes and hooks into the harness of the climber as they're climbing up, and then that rope goes on the other end and hooks to someone on the ground also into their harness, who's holding onto the rope. So as you can see in the picture, I'm on the ground here, and that person who's on the ground is called a belayer. Their job is to keep the slack out of the rope, so if the climber were to fall, the belayer has a hold of the rope, and they're not going anywhere. So it's uh, definitely a really safe, uh, a safe setup. But it's also ironic for me that I got into climbing because I actually had a fear of heights before going into it, and so it took a long time for me to trust 
the whole process, the whole uh, the equipment and all the safety measures that were in place to make sure that I wasn't going to get at least seriously injured. Um, and what I also found is that it actually was scarier coming down the wall than going up it, which is, might seem uh, like the other way around. But the thing is, is when you get to the top, when you're top rope climbing, when you get to the top of the wall, you have to signal to your belayer that, okay, I'm ready to come down. And you say a command like uh, coming down or fall, and they say fall on or come or uh descend on. So basically, let, let them know that the players are paying attention, they have taken the slack out of your rope, and you're good to trust them. And so then as a climber, you have to actually lean back like you're sitting in a chair away from the wall. You have to let go, and then you eventually push off, and you kind of descend down the wall as the belayer lets the rope out and controls your fall. And so this is super counterintuitive for what every ounce of your body is telling you because you're up there, you're at the highest point, and if you're afraid of heights like me, then you're just clinging to the wall with everything that you have. And so being able to actually push off, sit back, lean away from the wall, and trust that somebody else has you was very hard to do. But the fact that I was able to do that eventually and the fact that climbers are able to put their trust in the equipment in the belayers and in the process of climbing is in itself a testament to what trust is. And our scripture today from Proverbs tells us to trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. When I initially read over this verse, it seems fairly simple. And it's, it's broken into two parts. Kind of that first part, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And the second part, which is do not lean on your own insight or your own understanding. And again, both seem pretty easy to do by themselves. And when put together, they're not, they also seem very easy, but in reality, they're actually not easy things to do. It's actually hard to follow the command in Proverbs. And it's not hard for us to look around and realize that, that we as a society, we as a whole, we as a world are kind of bad at following these commands. And it's not hard for me to look and personally find out that I am also not good at this, at trusting in God, at putting my trust, not in myself, but in God, relying on God. And so generally, I, I think that something bad is going to happen and I just, I can't do it, right? And that's what makes it hard. But you have to. And so I'll tell you a little bit about my life and how I've hesitantly put my trust in God. The first came when I was uh, towards the end of my high school career. And I got to that point where I had to figure out what I was doing next. And so for me, I decided that college was the next step. But I had obviously never been to college and had no idea where to even start where to look, what to do, had no idea. And I'm sure that many high schoolers, when they get to that point, can relate to the experience that there's so many options in front of you, you have no experience and really nothing to guide your decision. And so for me, I focused on the two things that I knew I wanted to do if I was able. The first, if I was able, was to continue running cross-country and track. And the second was to do music, to play music and continue doing what I loved. And so I had the opportunity to do both of those things at Dakota Wesleyan University in Mitchell, South Dakota, which is where I ended up going. 
But even once I finally had the relief of making that decision of where I was going, I was still very stressed about it because I didn't know if that was the right decision. I was worried that I had made a mistake because I would be going four hours away from where I grew up. I would be leaving my family behind and I didn't know what to expect in college. I didn't know what it was going to be like. I didn't know if I was prepared. I didn't know if I could handle the next step in education process. I didn't even know how to cook for myself at that time. So what was I going to do? The stress that I had was very heavy. The unknown was at the forefront of my mind. And someone reminded me during that time that I needed to hand over that worry and that frustration, that uncertainty to God, and that the rest would work out. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own insight. Well, the other hard part about that time is that while I decided finally where I was going to go, I still had no idea what I wanted to do. And it's funny because as high schoolers, we get asked this question all the time. Well, great, you're graduating high school, you're getting towards the end. What are you going to do with your life? And we all are, think, I think we all are guilty of asking this question, even though we know that as a high schooler, nobody has any idea what they want to do. And so the weight of that, each time you're asked, it's heavier and heavier because you realize, ah, I don't know what I want to do. I thought there was a variety of things I could do. Maybe I'd be a teacher or maybe I could go into forensic science or be a detective. I even thought about being a mail carrier at one point or a forest ranger. Somebody at some point said, hey, you have the gifts to be a pastor. Would you consider that? No, not on my radar. So I thought, maybe I could join the military or I could be a jeweler like my parents. I had so many options, but yet I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And so I went into college with the major undeclared. (laughs) And of course, every activity you join, every club you're a part of, and every class you take, first thing, all right, we're going to go around the room, state your name, your major, and where you're from. And every time, It was a reminder that I had no idea what I wanted to do. I'm undeclared. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm doing. And again, during that time, I was reminded, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own insight. It will work out. You'll figure it out. But that was hard to do. It still is hard to do. But I did the college thing. And eventually, by the time my junior year came around, I knew that I wanted to go to seminary. I had felt this call on my heart. But of course, that opens up the whole process again, right? Figuring out where you want to go. And so me and one of my friends, we got together over our spring break. He was also going into ministry, and we toured seminaries all over the country. We knew that we wanted an experience that was like ours at Dakota Wesleyan that formed community and would help us grow. But the reality was that if we wanted to do that, we would probably have to go far away because there wasn't many options close by. And the idea of going off to seminary, going far away, was pretty scary. Again, going even farther than I already had to go to undergrad. I didn't know if this was going to work out. Again, the same questions. Am I going to be able to handle this next level of education? If I go even farther away, I have to leave behind this new community that I formed and go farther from my family. 
my support system. On top of that, I didn't even know how I was going to pay for seminary. I already had I already had loans from my undergrad, so I knew I couldn't take on any more. So how was I even going to afford to do this? Leave my family behind, leave my community, take that step into the unknown, go someplace where I literally knew nobody. It was hard. And I had to put my trust in God that taking that step was going to work out, that I was following where God was leading. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own insight. As you can tell by now, throughout my life, I've had so many times, so many aspects of worry that have been brought into my life. There are so many things that I don't know about that are outside of my control. And I can repeat verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. I can know that. But the reality is, is that the process of trust is much harder to do, and it doesn't happen overnight. It's not something that can just appear, but it takes time to form trust. And once we finally build that trust, it's hard to hold on to because even if we have one bad experience, that trust can crumble so quickly. One negative interaction can make us feel like we've placed our trust in the wrong place. And it's easy to feel like our trust can be misplaced because trusting others is a hard thing to do. And trusting God is an even harder thing to do. So we look further in our scripture today from Proverbs. We look to verse six. What advice, what insight can it get any easier do you have for us? Well, verse six says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight or make straight your paths. Now notice the word all, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. When I think about trusting God, it's easier to trust God with things that are safe. It's easier to trust God with only certain things that I'm comfortable with when it's convenient. And that's what I tend to do. I tend to skip over that all word and only trust God when it's convenient. When I have something that I think I can hand over, when, I, when I, maybe I need something from God, it's easier to trust God in that when you have nowhere else to turn. So knowing that we need to trust God in all ways and at all times raises the bar. It sets the standard for us. We are to trust God all the time. And again, not an easy task. When we compare verse six, the translations that we have available to us, I found that there's a truth within the truth of these words. Our new revised standard version says, in all your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And the common English Bible version says, know him in all your ways, in all your paths, and he will keep your ways straight. There's a distinct difference between those two verses because one is telling us to know God and the other is telling us to acknowledge God. And I appreciate the word know because it invites us, it challenges us to go deeper in our relationship with God. To know God, to truly know God requires devotion. It requires spent in relationship. God is often described as a mystery 
Not one to be understood, but one to rest in. One to continually seek out, to chase after. So to know God is to know the depths of God. To realize just how powerful, how just, how constant, how wise, how loving our God is. To know God in all of our paths, therefore urges us to take seriously God in all that we do. To know God is to understand how important, how life-giving our relationship is. How God's relationship with us cascades over every aspect of our life in such a powerful and such a positive way. So again, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own insight. Now, when it comes to my frustrations about life, I realize they stem from the fact that I can't control everything and that I don't have all the answers. And I find that pretty ironic, actually, because not only do I not control everything and know all the answers, but nobody knows everything and controls all the answers. But still, I get myself in the trap thinking that I have to know the right and the wrong way to make my decision. And that if I make the wrong decision, everything will crumble. There's a weight that nothing will work out if I don't do the right thing. However, the truth is that nobody knows it all. Nobody except God, that is. And so the act of trusting God, of knowing and acknowledging God, means that we have to let go of that quest for control, to know it all. And instead, to accept that God is the only one with the answers. And therefore, to hand over our doubts, our fears, our anxieties, our frustrations. Doing this, trusting God, seeking God, and whatever that means for our life, puts us on a trajectory towards good and away from all that is evil. In trusting God and a relationship with God, we know what is good. So we arrive at verse 8, the last verse in our scripture. And it says that if we do this, if we trust God, we will feel better. Do you believe that? That if we trust God, which is hard to do, it will feel better? Not only will it feel better, but we'll be strengthened. We'll be filled with energy. I don't know about you, but it seems weird for me to say that something that we do mentally and something we do spiritually will have a physical impact on our body. But that's exactly what this is saying. Have you ever been worried about how a situation was going to turn out? Or even worried about a loved one so much you can feel it in your body. You can see it on someone's face. They're physically tense. I know for me, I get tense in those situations that I'm most worried. And then when you find out that your loved one is okay, or that that situation is going to work out, you relax. You can physically see the tension leave someone's body. Maybe you're finally able to take a breath, a sigh of relief. The way our body relaxes, that's the same physical reaction that happens when we put our trust in God in all that we do. God's will for good takes charge and we are brought a peace that is so much sweeter than any of the worry we could possibly hold on to, any of the control we try to have. So friends, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. 
that worked out for me pretty well over different phases of my life. When I went to Dakota Wesleyan, it ended up being a great place for me. I got really involved in the campus life. I was able to do so many activities that it's kind of surprising I even had time to do the school part. But despite all those fears that I had going in, I found a place where I belonged, where I could grow. Despite the tension that I had, putting my trust in God in that step is a testament of what trusting God can do. And the same is true with not knowing what I wanted to do in college. I ended up figuring it out. I declared Christian leadership and nonprofit administration as my majors because I'd begun to recognize a call to ministry that God had in my life. I didn't jump at that idea right away. I didn't go fully all in, but I cautiously, slowly explored and at times hoped that maybe it wasn't for me, but I did it because I was in a safe environment to do so. And when I look at my call that God has on my life, I, I use the term intentionally haphazard, which is a term coined by Eugene Peterson, because it seems that there are random points in my life that God has called me to ministry. Maybe it was that time or the few times that someone mentioned they saw gifts in me to ministry. Maybe it was that time that I was at a camp and I was around the fire and I felt God's presence. Or those times in youth group when I just, I wanted to keep questioning. I wanted to know the answers. I wanted to dig deeper. Or that time when I took my first religion class and I just, my world was opened up as I learned about God and the Bible in a way I had never done so before. All of these small moments, these indicators in my life that pointed towards my call to ministry and by themselves are seemingly random, but I know looking back are an intentional call on my life to ministry. Hence the phrase intentionally haphazard. So it was at Dakota Wesleyan, this place that I was hesitant to go to, that I was able to cultivate that call and understand it more. And as I look back now, I understand, I realize the discerning my call has been a testament of trust in God. And the same has been true about seminary, about taking that next step. I struggled so greatly with the unknown that was ahead there of moving 16 hours away and going to Dallas, Texas, to Perkins School of Theology, of not knowing if I was making the right choice. But that situation in itself, all those things that I was looking for, worked out, and I can see God's hand was in it. Because when I initially, when I initially toured Perkins, I actually went down there for a worship conference with my campus pastor. He was taking a group from our student ministry council and said, hey, we're going to go down for this conference that Perkins is holding. Why don't you come down too, and you can tour the seminary while we're down there. And of course, I did, and I loved it. I loved the seminary. And we also got to go to lunch with my campus pastor's campus pastor, who happened to be living in Dallas at the time, which is a pretty cool connection, and one that I didn't realize would have a huge impact on me later on. But figuring out what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go, took trust in God. Again, I, I didn't know how I was financially going to pay for this. I didn't know how I was going to take the next step. I already had loans. But as it turned out, God took care of that too, and I got scholarships to go. And I was able to be down there to immerse myself 
in an education. That in itself is a testament of trust in God. And then what about that community that I was worried about? Going all alone. Well, that took care of itself too. Because as it turns out, when I was able to trust God, God provided. I was working at Lake Ponce at summer camp the summer before going down to Dallas. And I got a call from a pastor down there. And he said, hey, we're looking for a youth director to be at this church in Farmer's Branch, Texas, Christ United Methodist Church. And I had to look it up. I had no idea where Farmer's Branch was. Turns out it's a suburb of Dallas. And he said, we heard that you're coming down to seminary, so maybe you'd be interested in this job. One thing led to another, and I ended up being their youth director for the last three years and also getting to be their pastoral intern, where I grew and I found community and I was able to cultivate even further the call to ministry. But it was because of my campus pastor's campus pastor, who I had lunch with for like an hour, and he was the associate pastor at this school and remembered that I was coming down. A work of God in itself. And it was at this church too that I was able to understand and realize that my call involves being with youth and young adults and being in the local church. And that's where it has brought me here today. I wouldn't be here at Watertown first if it wasn't for understanding and cultivating and growing that call in that place. So when I look back, I see that all of that worry being put aside and trusting that God would take care of it is a testament of trust in God. Friends, I hope that my story is a testament of trust to you. I hope it sure serves as an example of the power that comes in trusting God in all ways and at all times. I hope it encourages you to seek God and to trust that God won't let you down, even if that looks not quite like what you're expecting. Rock climbing, it's a fun and rewarding experience, but it requires a lot of trust. It requires us to let go of what we can't control, even if our life depends on it. And just as rock climbing is a testament of trust for us, we too can be a testament of trust to others. By sharing the ways that we trust in God and how our faith in that process has been rewarded, others can be strengthened in that. And so I challenge you today, share what God has done in your life. Share the ways that you've trusted God and followed God even when it was really hard. I challenge you with all of your experiences, be a testament of trust to God, just as Jesus is for us. That on the cross, he gave his life in an ultimate act of trust to a God who he knows loves him. Just as Jesus did, be a testament of trust. Amen. Will you please, please pray with me? Loving, merciful, and mysterious God, we hear what you are telling us today as we have dived into your word. Open our hearts, open our ears and our minds, that as we strive to follow your son, Jesus, we would know the power that you have, and we would trust that you're holding us in your hands. As we strive to be the people that you are calling us to be, 
turn us towards Jesus as our example, to trust in you in all ways and at all times. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information, like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.